0: And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Luke, the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number seven. The gospel record of Luke in chapter number seven. We're continuing with the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as portrayed in the gospel record of Luke. Remember that the gospel record of Luke is more detailed than the rest of the gospel records because it was written as a research project. That Dr. Luke had the privilege of going and witnessing all the people of these events to be able to get their story to write them down, to be able to verify and corroborate the evidence and the statements that were made. And so, with this, we have a detailed encounter. And remember that the gospel record of Luke, uh, unlike the other three, is written in the chronological order as it happened, not in a thematic order or not putting things together into one subject to let it make sense. We could follow through the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ together and see what is happening from the beginning to the end. We're still in the early part of the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ where he has recently gathered his disciples together and has begun to instruct them. He's already begun some hatred from the Pharisees which is not going to stop but is only going to intensify until he gets to the cross. And as we continue on we can see that Another encounter with the Pharisees occur, but also with the disciples of John the Baptist. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the gospel record of Luke chapter number 7. The gospel record of Luke chapter number 7, and notice with me in verse number 18. The gospel record of Luke chapter 7 and verse number 18. And the disciples of John showed him of all these things. And John calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist, John Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? For another. And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of the evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, the lame walk. "...the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me." And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John, "'What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken in the wind? But what went ye out to see?' A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delic- uh, delicately are in the king's court. But what ye went out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. Behold, is he of whom it is written, Behold, I will send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, Among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him. And the Lord said, Whereunto shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace calling one another and saying, We have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And ye say, he hath a devil. The son of man is come eating and drinking. And ye say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. And if you have of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of Luke in chapter number seven? The gospel record of Luke chapter number seven. And notice what Jesus asked of the crowd after dealing with the disciples of John in verse number 24. Luke chapter seven and verse 24. What went ye out to see? What went ye out to To see. And with this, we're going to answer and see what Jesus Christ was describing in the person of John the Baptist. What went ye out to see? If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord and let's talk to him now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you, Lord, we're asking that you would give us understanding, that you would give us graciousness, that you would give us wisdom. And Lord, I'm asking that you would just help us now as we do a character study and see as you describe John the Baptist to the crowd and see what we can learn from this man that you brought to be the forerunner of Christ. Again, dare not trust our own. The best I know how I'm surrendering myself to you and ask that you fill me with your spirit. I'm asking that you would be a help and a comfort to these folks even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus Christ made a very powerful declarative statement here as he's referring to John the Baptist. And notice with me, if you don't mind, let's jump to 28. And I want you to see what Jesus had to say concerning the man as John the Baptist. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet Than John the Baptist. Now that's a pretty powerful statement. In fact he finishes off that statement but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now this idea of least carries the idea in this context of being later in time. Meaning that there's one that came after him that's greater. That's it. Everyone else John is the greatest. By the way who was the one that came later in time? That would be Jesus Christ himself. So Jesus Christ has just pronounced that among women there's none greater than John the Baptist. Now with this, we have to understand something here. That God doesn't doesn't arbitrarily throw around words. Today we throw around words so often that they've lost their meaning and they've lost their value. Maybe perhaps I could give an illustration. Inside of the word of God, there are only four men, only four, that God calls great. That's it. Four men. Who would these four men be? Well, God said Moses was, Exodus 11, 3, that Moses was one of these four. God said Abraham was, Genesis chapter 24 and 35, that Abraham was great. God said that David was, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 10. And the fourth man in that list would be John the Baptist, And Jesus said, out of all of them, John the Baptist was the greatest. Now that's high praise, especially seeing who it came from. This is the God who created everyone. This is the God who knows everyone's heart. The God who's examined everyone. And again, he doesn't throw around this word great around lightly. Only four men have been called great in the Bible. One of them is John the Baptist. Now, with this, Jesus had asked the question in verse number 24, what went ye out to the wilderness to see? People flocked to John the Baptist. Now, just to put context of this, that John the Baptist was baptizing, his main ministry was in the Jordan River. Now, for geography's sake, it was not just, you know, in the backyard. People to travel from Jerusalem to Jordan River, where John was baptizing, was thirty. Miles. And people would travel as far as Capernaum, that Galilee region, and they would travel out to hear him preach. Now imagine a preacher that people would travel on foot and travel out just to hear him because they said he was worth listening to. Now this is pretty amazing. Today people don't leave the comfort of their own home if they don't have to. If it's something religious, they could barely get prompted to do something. And if they find a church that's closer, they don't even care what kind of church it is. They'd rather attend that type of church. But here is someone special that God called great. That people would walk 30 miles one way just to hear him preach. And they came in droves. And they came in flocks. And they came in multitudes. What made John so great. What was it that God looked in his life and declared him great? What was so special about John? Well, if you don't mind, let's kind of hit some context of this just to explain what's going on. Notice with me in verse 19. And John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them unto Jesus saying, art thou he that should come or look we for ourselves? Now, Why is John sending two disciples and not coming himself? Well, the reason why is because he's in prison. He's already declared unto Herod... (coughs) um, I can't remember his name. Starts with an A. Forget it. Uh, uh, Antipas. Herod Antipas. That John went up to Herod Antipas and said, it's not right for you to have your brother's wife. Well, you see, they... uh, Antipas had a, sis, had a brother by the name of Philip. He also had a sister by the name of Herodotus, And Philip married his sister. And then she got tired of Philip and wanted to move up in the world. So she jumped over to Antipas. And so that big mess and a jumble of nonsense. John the Baptist took his bony finger, stuck it in the king's face and said, It's not right for thou to have your brother's wife. Now that's a preacher with some conviction. To be able to call sin, sin and said, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is evil. What you're doing is not right. Now, of course, people who don't want to get right don't like the message. And so Herod Antipas put him in prison. And so John sitting in prison. And if you remember the tale, John is actually going to be beheaded in prison because his wife was not very happy with John and set up a thing to kill him. Well as John's sitting in prison, he has his disciples that are still visiting him And John sends them to go see Jesus. Now there's two trains of thought. We can't prove either one of them. But one of them is that John, as he's sitting in prison, he's sitting here for a while. He's thinking about his life. That he's at a verge of depression, by the way, which would be understandable. And that he wants to double check and verify that he's not wasting his life being in prison. He's preached all this time to prepare the way for Christ. Now as he's getting ready to die... He's looking back. Is my life away. So some people would believe that John's in a depression right now. It's neither here nor there, but it's a possibility. The other train of thought is that John was not discouraged, but his disciples were. The guy that they've been following is in prison, and now... What are we going to do? He's going to be beheaded. He's never getting out. Are we doing the right thing? Are we following the right thing? And so when they asked John, John said, you know what? Go talk to Jesus yourself. Go see Jesus. And so either school of thought is fine neither one of them is necessarily outside of scripture depends on your point of view if you need the encouragement that you get depressed from time to time the answer is to look up to Jesus both of those answers do the same thing looking unto Jesus what do we do to verify that this is not a waste of our time that we're not wasting our life that being on church on a wednesday night is not a waste of our time you go to Jesus and look to him and see that it is worth it all when we see Jesus So, as um, John had pronounced against Antipas, and he's in prison, and now he sent his disciples. Notice what his disciples have come to Jesus in verse 19. And John calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying, Art thou he that should come? Or... Look we for another. And when the men were come unto him, Jesus, they said, John Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come? Or, we look we for another. So they said, alright, John sent us to ask you the question. Are you the one that we're waiting for? Are you the one that was prophesied to come? Are you the one that John has been working all of his life to prepare the way for? Notice if you don't mind... In verse 21, the answer is not in words, the answer is in deeds. Verse number 21 In that same hour, he, Jesus, cured many of their infirmities and plagues and evil spirits, and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. Now, it just so happened at the same time, there was many people who had all kinds of infirmities, plagues, and evil spirit. Now remember, Dr. Luke is a medical doctor. And the words that he uses for these are actually precise medical terms. Infirmities deals the idea with chronic diseases, something that has just been hanging on for a long time it 's just lingering. The idea of plagues carries the idea of an acute scourge just something that has come upon them, and it 's been recent but it 's very painful it 's acute and Then the word evil carries the idea of malignant evil that causes pain and sorrow. so this evil has come, and they 're broken hearted it 's just tearing up their lives. And Jesus healed them all. He took care of them all. Jesus is more powerful than any disease, any malignity, any problems, any issues. Jesus can take care of them all. And so their answer was not in words. They said, are you the one that we're looking for? Jesus said, hold on a second. And the next hour, he's healing everyone. Then he comes back. You Guys watching? Notice what Jesus finally tells him in verse 22. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. What did they see and hear? How the blind see. The lame Walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The, to the poor, the gospel is preached. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Now, that's pretty powerful. That word offended is very interesting. It carries the idea of a stumbling block. So someone who is offended in Christ is someone who's going to stumble over or becomes an obstacle in their way that they have a hard time getting over. Well, sometimes Jesus can be a stumbling block. Meaning that someone says, oh, are you one of those Christians? (laughs) I don't want to identify with Christians. i got to be careful here. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Hey, do you read your Bible? Whoa, 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 whoa. And it becomes something that's in their path. Something that makes them stutter. Something that makes them where they have a hard time getting past. Jesus said, blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended, not stumble in me. Meaning that as he's telling them, he's teaching them that, listen, you can trust me and you don't have to doubt it. You could trust me and it's not going to be misplaced. That John, as he's in prison, he's in prison because he made a stand. Don't shy away from that. Don't say, oh, listen, I don't want to be like John. I don't want to go to prison. I, I'm... Don't shy away from following Christ. Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So the disciples of John walk away. And since the disciples were very vocal. Everybody's watching. Jesus addressed them. As they're walking away. Jesus turns to the rest of the crowd. And asks them a question. What went ye out to see? What was it that you were looking for for John? And from here. Jesus begins to teach the crowd. More about John the Baptist. Who was this man that God called great? Who? was this man that these people went out of their way miles and miles on foot to hear preach? What was his characteristics? What was these qualities that made him different than the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the lawyers, all of the other religious folks? What made him different? Well, if you don't mind, let's examine as Jesus Christ looks at his life. And the first thing, as Jesus points out about John's life, he was someone willing to make a stand. He was someone willing to make a stand. Notice with me in verse number 24 And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John What went you out to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken? with the wind. Now he goes up and he says, listen, what'd you go out to see? Did you go out to see some fragile plant that when the wind would begin to blow, it'd begin to creak and with enough blow, it would just fall over and become a tumbleweed? This reed was a type of plant that would very easily be broken with any type of wind and then just blow past. And he said, did you go out to go see some frightened young man who's just trembling? Oh, guys, guys, oh, oh, you've got to be careful Did you go out to go see some wimp? Did you go out to see someone who would blow around and try to match whoever he's talking to so he didn't offend whoever the audience was? You didn't go out, travel all the miles to go hear someone who's going to bend and compromise. You know, the average Christian likes to blow along and go with the crowd. Oh, we hate Christians. Oh, yeah, I don't want to meet one of those people. It's almost like the young man who went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I know I've just recently come to know the Lord and I've taken a job as a logger up in the upper parts of Canada and there's no church to go to and we're going to be out there for many, many months. And I want you to pray that those folks out there, that that they don't pick on me for being a Christian. And the pastor said, I could pray for that. I'll pray for you. Well, the young man was gone for a couple months and then he came back and the pastor was eager to hear how things went. The young man said, oh, it was wonderful. It was great. They didn't even find out at all that I was a Christian. People are like that. I don't want to identify as a Christian. I don't want to go look like a church goer. I don't want people to misunderstand who I am. And they get blown around with every wind of doctrine. They just match whoever they're with. But John the Baptist, he wasn't like that. He stood. And people went to him because he made a stand. Some young preacher went to D.L. Moody once and said, How do I get people to come and hear me preach? He says, set yourself on fire and people come to watch you burn. (laughs) Make a stand. Be something. Stand on the word of God. What went you out to see? You didn't go out there to go see some wimp. You didn't go out there to go see someone who was just going to flex depending on the crowd and how the winds were blowing. You went out there to see someone who was strong and was going to make a stand and who was going to do what was right even if it wasn't popular. What went you out to see? A second thing that Jesus pointed out about the life of Jesus, about John the Baptist, what went you out to see? They went out to see someone who is willing to identify. Someone who is willing to identify. Notice with me in verse number 25. But what were you out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in the king's court. The word soft here carries the idea of mollify. Which is often used with the word effeminate. Today, it carries the idea of being casual. What would you have to see? Well, someone who's wearing casual clothes looks just like everyone else. You know, (laughs) there was a church that was bragging. uh, Some pastor that said, oh yeah, I wear the same thing (laughs) in the pulpit that I do every time. I wear shorts and I wear just a loose shirt and I never wear a tie. And the only difference between summer and winter is that I wear socks in the winter. And he says, I do it because it's comfortable and, you know, I just want to people to feel comfortable as well. The idea of being casual also carries that idea that (laughs) he's not going to stand. Jesus thought it was important enough how a preacher dresses that he made a statement about the clothes he wore. That a preacher ought to dress like an ambassador for Christ. Someone who's willing to identify, I belong to God. And there's something different. It's a sign of respect for the office. It's a sign of respect for the one we represent. That what you went out to see, not someone who's in soft, casual clothes, but someone who dressed to identify with the Lord. Identify as a preacher. Identify as someone who's not going to bend and who's going to be very clear about what he believes and why he believes. Soft ministers with soft clothes will not have a backbone to stand for Christ. That they're willing to change and adapt to how people dress. So is their speech. So is their language. So is their message. What wit ye out to see? As Jesus Christ is still identifying with the crowd and is telling them that there's none greater than John the Baptist, what went you out to see? Not someone who's going to be shaken like a reed in the wind, someone who's going to stand firm. What went you out to see? Not someone in soft casual clothes, but someone who's willing to identify in every part of his body about who he follows and who he represents. What went ye out to see? Jesus Christ continues on and says, Someone with a purpose. Someone with a purpose. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 26. But what went ye out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. I say unto you among those that are born among women, there was not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. What went you out to see? He was more than a prophet. He was more than a preacher. He was the New Testament fulfillment of Elijah. He was a powerful preacher. You understand when he preached you didn't have to guess about what he was saying the idea of this here is that he had made the way straight it carried the idea that if there was a dip in the road he would fill it in so no one could stumble in it he made it so it was easy to get to the Lord if there was something blocking the way like a mountain like a hill he would cut it down so that way the way was straight and there would be no obstacles to get to the Lord if the road curved he would make it so it would be a straight road so you could easily get to the Lord without distractions, without rabbit trails, without wondering or guessing. You see, when John made a statement, when John preached, you didn't walk out of the service saying, I wonder what he meant by that. You knew exactly what he meant by that. Perhaps we can look at some of the messages of John. Look with me if you don't mind and let's look at a couple. Let's start at Matthew. And we'll just look through the gospel records. The gospel record of Matthew chapter 3. Plain speak is easily understood as an old proverb says. Well, Let's look and see the speech of, of John. And see as he preaches whether people walked away and said, I just didn't quite understand what he meant by that. You knew exactly what he meant. Look with me in Matthew chapter 3 in verse number 7. Matthew chapter 3 in verse number 7. But when he, John the Baptist, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham our to our father for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham and now also is the axe laid unto the root of the trees therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, whose fan is in his flame, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his weed into the gardener, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire." When John preached this to the Pharisees and Sadducees, they knew exactly what he was referring to. They knew exactly that he was telling them that they needed to get right with God or it was to the fire with them. That this was their chance, their opportunity to get right. And they could get right. They were there. They traveled all that way to hear John the Baptist because they were curious about what was going on. And when they found John the Baptist, he didn't change the message because they had official dignitaries there. He didn't change the message because the religion. Religious elite was there. He looked at them square in the beady eyes. Put his bony finger in their face. And said listen here. You need to get right with God. There was no question about his message. Notice with me in the gospel record of Mark. Let's see his message in the gospel record of Mark. He was very clear on his message. They understood. (laughs) Mark chapter 6 and verse number 17, the gospel record of Mark, chapter 6, and verse number 17. Let's see what the gospel record of Mark has to say and the message that Mark had, or that John the Baptist had. Mark chapter 6, notice with me in verse 17. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid a hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodotus' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had sent unto Herod, It is not law. Awful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Do you think they easily understood his message? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you should not be married to her. You need to fix that up. They knew what it was. In fact, this is the reason why he died. Turn with me to the gospel record of Luke chapter 3. Let's see more about the message of John the Baptist. That See that his message was very clear. He made the way straight. They knew exactly... <laughs> What he meant when he said it. They didn't walk away saying what, what was this all about. He had a very clear message. And that message was to look to Jesus to get things right. Notice with me in the gospel record of Luke chapter number 3 and verse number 10. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do? He answereth and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also publicans to be baptized, and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that, which is a Pointed to you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. <clears throat> He was very clear as each of these groups of people said, what are we supposed to do? He dealt with them very clear in a way that they understood what they were supposed to do. That they didn't walk away saying, I wonder what I'm supposed to do. They walked away with a choice. You obey or disobey. But they knew what they were supposed to do. Notice with me in the gospel record of John chapter 1. The gospel record of John chapter 1. What went ye out to see? He was someone with a purpose. He was someone who made clear the message. People easily understood what he meant. They may not have liked the message, but they easily understood the message. John chapter 1 and verse 19. John chapter 1 and verse 19. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed, and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Now here's this group of people that came up to him. Who are you? Well, let me tell you who I'm not. I'm not the Christ. They asked him, in <laughs> verse 21, they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, no. His answers are getting shorter and shorter. No, no, no. Then said they unto him, who? Art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He says, You want to know what I am? I'm just a voice. I'm just a voice. The one that's coming that's important is coming. I'm just a voice. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the prophet. I'm just a voice. The one that's coming is the one you need to be looking for. Verse number 30, uh, 23 I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. But, and they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptize thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there is one that standeth among you whom ye know not. He it is who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. What went you out to see? He says, I'm just a voice. I'm a nobody. The one that's coming is the one you need to pay attention to. The one that I'm trying to tell you. He's the one that matters. It's not me. It's Christ. You need to be looking at him. Don't be looking at me. I'm just pointing you up. What went you out to see? Notice with me in John chapter 1. He says another message in verse number 29. John chapter 1 verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You know, that's a pretty unmistakable message, right? Him! That's Him! Look at Him! Behold the Lamb of God. Everyone knew what He was talking about. That message was very clear. Look at Him! Verse 30 this is he of whom I said after me cometh a man which is preferred before me for he was before me and I knew him not but he that should make made manifest to Israel therefore I am come baptizing with water and John bare record saying I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him and I knew him not but he that sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost and I saw and bear record that this is the son of God that's a very clear message That's him. That's him. Notice the message goes again the next day. 35. Again the next day after John stood two of his disciples. And looking upon Jesus as he walks. He said behold the Lamb of God. So the next day two disciples came up to him. And he looked and said there's Jesus. And the two disciples left him to go follow after. And he said good. That's what you should do. What went you out to see? Someone who is willing to make a stand. What went you out to see? Someone who is willing to identify. What went you out to see? Someone with very clear purpose. Now unfortunately the Pharisees had always rejected the message of, of John. They had criticized the messenger so that way they didn't have to obey the message. And now when Jesus looks to them, notice with me if we go back to the gospel record of Luke chapter 7, Jesus has already dealt with the two two men of John, the followers of John, and told them that this is the right thing. The one that you're looking for, it's not wasted time. Then he took to the crowd and he looked and said, "What went ye out to see?" And he declared unto the crowd who John was, and with a glowing recommendation, explaining to them why they came out to see John. Then, as we finish up, we could see this aftermath of the publicans and the. <laughs> notice with me in verse number twenty-nine. And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. So here it talks about all the people who got baptized by John. They're like, we're glad we obeyed. We're glad we listened. We're glad because they're willing to follow after Christ because they were willing to listen to his messenger. That makes sense? If you listen to the messenger, you'll be likely to follow after Christ. Verse number 30. But the Pharisees... And the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. Notice that, not being baptized of John. When they disobeyed John, they did it against themselves. Meaning they hurt themselves when they didn't obey. It hurt them when they didn't listen. They damaged themselves. They thought they were doing things right because they knew better. But they were hurting themselves by not obeying the messenger that God sent. Notice in verse 31. And the Lord said, Where where unto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marking place and calling one to another, saying, We have piped unto you and you have not danced. And we have mourned unto you and you have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread or drinking wine, and ye say he hath a devil. So he says, you know what? You guys are like whiny kids that said, hey, we told you to do something and you didn't do it. We told you to dance and you didn't dance and we told you to obey us and you didn't obey us. And so, because you didn't know, listen to the way we thought you do things, we just rejected everything. John turned it, And Jesus said, hey, John lived a holy life. He didn't drink wine. He did not eat bread. He was not uh, mixed among the people. He kept himself separate and you old guy said he's got a devil. Only crazy people would live out in the desert and do all of that stuff and be separate. Then I come the son of man has come and eating and drinking and he's among people. And you said, oh, look, he's gluttonous. He's always eating with people. Oh, he's a wine bibber. He's a friend of publicans and sinners. So here's John who kept himself separate and didn't eat all the fine stuff and just basically survived and was separate. And you said he was wrong. Now here's Jesus who comes in and mixes with the people and talks with the people and is with the people. And you said, oh, no, he's wrong too. Take your pick. John's wrong and I'm wrong. What do you want? They just weren't satisfied because they did not like the message. Here's the age all adage that you find throughout the Bible and carry it out through life. When someone does not like the message, they try to get rid of the messenger. Because if they could somehow discount the messenger, they feel like they don't have to obey the message. That's why preachers always get attacked. That stupid preacher. The reason why I can't listen to that preacher is because he just looks like he's cross-eyed in one side. And I just can't trust a man like that. Well, you know, I can't trust that preacher there. He parts his head the wrong way. Let me tell you, if he's right with God, he'd part it on the other side. People make excuses like that. I had some folks once who had left the church because I asked them to go soul winning. We said, well, what's... What do you mean you made them go soul winning? Well, they were the Sunday school superintendent, Sunday school worker, and uh, teaching in a a babysitting thing, running to the church. I think I should ask them to go soul winning. Well, they left. Okay. Then they told everyone I was a Calvinist. Well, wait, you left because of soul winning, but now you're saying that I don't believe in soul winning? And that I believe that people are, what? That doesn't make sense. The same people. I don't worry about it. (laughs) But it's interesting to hear what people have to say in order not to listen to me. They have to find something wrong with me. That's what they did with John the Baptist. In order not to listen to John the Baptist, they have to explain away why they don't have to listen to him. So they don't have to listen to Jesus. They have to explain away what Jesus is doing wrong. Well, he doesn't keep the Sabbath and he hangs around sinners and he happened to touch with that publican and his disciples don't do this. They all do it for the reason. So they don't have to listen to the messenger. Well, Let me tell you, that's wrong. If the message is according to the God's word, we need to do our best to listen, to obey, to heed, to follow it. Because God's trying to help us. They decided to christen, criticize the messenger, all so they didn't have to obey the message. What went you out to see? Notices verse number 35. Jesus summarizes the Pharisees and the lawyers But wisdom is justified of all of her children. You talk to someone. You know why I don't have to listen to that preacher? And in their mind, their excuse is just as valid as anything you could ever talk to them. Because they're justified. I have every reason why I don't have to listen to that preacher. And they're going to stick with it. What went you out to see? He said, someone who told the truth. Now it's up to you. Do you obey or you disobey? If you obey, you're going to be closer to seeing Jesus and following after Him. You disobey, you're going to come up with some excuse of why that doesn't justify to you. Why that doesn't apply to you. Or if all else fails, why the preacher is wrong and you are right. And you don't have to obey. What wit you out to see? What a powerful endorsement Jesus Christ had of of John the Baptist. Which brings us the question. I know that I am not John the Baptist. But I am someone who tries to preach the Bible. Is there something that you say. Well let me tell you the reason why I can't listen to you preachers. Because you're crazy. Because of whatever else. Make up your excuse. The correct response is. Lord if this is what your word says. Then I'm going to try to obey it. And I'm going to try to listen. And as you do that. Jesus says, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. What went you out to see? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior, let me beg you to take the time five three zero six three oh eight once again that number is nine two zero five three oh six three oh eight if there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you please let us know we would love to make ourselves available thank you